Hello and welcome to another episode of the Agile Pubcast. Yes, we've made it into 2019 and we're still going. Today's episode is brought to you from the Brew House and Kitchen in rainy Cheltenham. And today Paul and I discuss topics such as making decisions, Parkinson's law, procrastination, precrastination and the choice of which thoughts to adopt. We hope you enjoy it and have a successful 2019. Cheers! Hello! <laughs> Hello! Good afternoon. Hello Jeff. Nice to Cheers. see you. Yeah, and you? I'm enjoying my Diet Coke. <laughs> Yeah, Diet Coke. Shall I describe my Diet Coke Go on to you? What's, what's it like? So it's very dark actually, so it's, um, it's quite fizzy, it's very cold. I've got um, a mixture of ice and lime. Do you like a bit of slice of lime in a, in a Coke? Prefer lime to lemon, do you? Yeah, I think so. Just a quick taste. Mmm, tastes like sugar. Yeah. Tastes very sweet. And a Coke actually. But there's no sugar in there. I know, but you're trying to describe the attraction of, of soft drinks like Coke, that product which has been around obviously for hundreds, hundreds of years, not hundreds of years, <laughs> maybe not, millions of years, no, but it's, well Coke obviously was originally a, an accidental discovery wasn't it, did you know this? A happy accident. Yes, mm. I think we've talked about this before, it was, yeah. um, they were trying to, was it something to do with headaches? It was, to make it was a, a medicine. A medicine mm. for, for headaches. And they discovered it tasted quite nice. Now you can use it to clean out the insides of car engines. It's not good for you, let's be honest. Yeah, it's not good for you. Um, don't let my kids drink it. But um, I do. And you're drinking that because? Because I just don't fancy a pint. Not because you're doing dry January. Well, yeah, kind of. I'm trying to. I've fallen off the wagon. Have you? On a previous episode. Ah. So, I'm trying to be good at home. Uh, trying to be good at home. Oh, well, I, I'm I feel supporting better for you. It. I'm drinking less. I'm supporting you today. I'm not drinking Coke. I'm drinking alcohol-free beer. Ooh. It's an Erdinger. It's a Weissbrow white beer. I quite like a white beer now and again, so that's all right. And they're promoting the health benefits of this, as opposed to your health detractors. So on here it says isotonic. Oh, really? So it's refreshing. John Barnes replaces all your contains vitamins and reduced calories. So less calories than a normal beer. It's got vitamins in it and it's isotonic, so it will refresh me rather than dehydrate me. So I'm happy to support you in your efforts. Thanks, mate. Cheers, dude. It's got a very odd yeah, top it's a bit, on it. It's it like looks a, a bit like an ice cream. Yeah, it's got a nice, very moulded shape of a head to head to it. Yeah. So um, it's pretty. Inoffensive. Does it get away with being a beer? It does have. It, it, it I guess it's yeah, kind of beer flavoured rather than beer. I yeah. would say. But yeah. you can tell the difference. Yeah, you, I would say you can. If if you had the a pint, yeah, two pints in front of you, one was. Yeah, it's kind of beer flavoured squash. Okay. Doesn't have right. the substance. Fair enough. But yeah, we're doing good things. Trying, trying to be good. Drink responsibly, kids. Yeah. So how how things been? How's your January been? Uh, yeah, not too bad. I had 
classic th British answer there. Yeah, I go uh, non-committal. Yeah, I I find January quite loathsome. Yeah, you're not, not your favourite month. No, it's it's like you have this massive high of Christmas and celebrations and family and eating too much and enjoying myself, and then it was a it took me a long time to get back into back into the routine of mm. the daily the weekly routine mm. my kids went back to school quite late this year which was like the week after new year so we had a, a nice week at home after new, after christmas and new year and then it was kind of like i, I still I, I tried to log into my emails on the monday morning and it was like oh this isn't going well so it took me a long time to to crank it back up again yeah well in a way that it's probably the worst it's probably the worst month to to forego one of your comforts. Yeah. So people doing dry January or veganuary or January or whatever <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. If you if you so you've got the the feast of December. Of Christmas, yeah. And then the famine of January. Two extremes. Yeah. yeah. It's you're taking away something that your body's looking expecting it's, all, it's the environment as well it's the weather isn't it and particularly the British weather at the moment is pretty grey yeah it's just again it's very a very grey month generally yeah and I don't feel like I don't feel like I've got much to look forward to in my diary either which, no. which is a bit of a shame but um, got a couple of things but again it just feels like all the fun was had like you said mm. fun was at, um, in December and now there's a bit of a a fun hiatus hmm are you someone that looks at a year and thinks, that's, that's, well, you've already said before that Christmas is your favourite time of year. You start looking forward to Christmas yeah, quite early, quite early yeah. and And so it's almost like you've got another 12 months to get through before mm. you can get there again, as opposed to some people, not necessarily me, mm. but some people will look at a, a year as a fresh thing to enjoy. And yeah. I've got 12 months ahead of me, a new 12 months, when yeah. really it's just a day after another day. But yeah. your outlook's quite a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. I, I go by milestones, so my birthday is a, is a milestone, that's something to look forward to, my birthday. Generally trying to do something fun around my birthday. I look at events, I look at the Ashes this year, so September. Mm -hmm. I've got um, some tickets for the cricket, Australia are coming over to England this year for the uh, cricket. Marvellous. Ashes, yeah. So I'll look for, I've got a couple of days lined up for that. Yeah, and just, um, my wife's got a big birthday this year, so we're going away to France in the summer as well, so that'd be nice. And Yeah, I try and move between the milestones of, the, of those things really this is always a good thing to put a few I, I, that's what I like doing in January is putting a few things in the calendar yeah yeah a few holidays a few treats we go to the horse go to the races soon with some yeah. friends yeah uh, look forward to that um, well, nothing else happening in the next few weeks I don't think really Jeff <laughs> really yeah so yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean January's not um, not usually many people's favourite. It's a stepping stone to February, in my view. But uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm taking more of a conscious effort to try and appreciate and enjoy things as they are rather than wishing my life away. I, my life, a lot of my life is already gone, so trying to enjoy but where we are. This is a year really for you. It is a, a very new year for you, isn't it? It's like yeah, there'll be a, a lot, lot of new. A lot of changes. Yeah. Yeah. New-ish, anyway. Just, yeah. Yeah, new. Yeah, so we're uh, making a huge assumption here that people 
listening to this will have heard before, but Jeff's Jeff's having another baby this year. Not he's not having it, but his wife. By the time you listen to this, it might already be here. It might be. Um, but yeah, that must be exciting, is it? It but, is, but are you trying at the moment to adjust, make some adjustments to accommodate those changes? Well, it's funny enough, and it's an arbitrary thing, but before Christmas, when everybody said, oh, it's not that far away, yeah. our response had always been, no, 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 it's next year. Yeah. And psychologically, it was quite a long way away because it was next year. Yeah. And just by ticking over from... December 31st to January 1st it's no longer next year now it's only a few weeks away and so that that shift of paradigm or perspective has caused us to, to think we actually we've put quite a few things off mm. so quite a lot of our house still hasn't got carpet oh really um, and, and things like that so, well we've got time we've got time uh, and we just sort of left it it's caught, yeah caught so the, the January January so far has been quite a lot of alright now actually it's getting real. We need to get some of this stuff, you know. Yeah. I still haven't got a car seat for my car. I need to get a car seat for my car. That kind of thing. So, yeah. Parkinson's what? law, I suppose you could call it, couldn't you? We had we had nine months to do this, so we've taken it's nine all, months to do it. Yeah, everything was left to the last minute. But that's it's. And again, referring back to my, but I, 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 uh, I get frustrated with this. And I mentioned Parkinson's law a lot in my courses now. Because it seems to, I seem to, I suppose I notice it all the time in, in out of work situations. So my birthday is a good example of this. And Christmas was a good example of this. My sister in particular, I'll tell you both stories. So my birthday's coming up. We're having a, uh, a party at our house for my birthday. Invite our friends. And there'll be people amongst my friends Look that... Look forward to it. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're not on the list yet. Um, <laughs> But there'll be, um, there'll be a few of those friends, all live locally, that will say, yeah, yeah, great, and they'll give them the date, and they immediately respond to, to the date, say, yeah, don't, it's in the diary, we'll book, we've got a babysitter, it's fine, we'll see, see you there. And then there'll be other people that will just say, or, or will say, or will just not respond mm-hmm. at all. Won't even acknowledge receipt Won't of the email. Won't even acknowledge receipt of the email. It's like, oh, okay. And it's like, part of me thinks that so if, it, if it's, you know a date in the diary, do you know at that point if there's something already in the diary, then yeah. you just say, you say, oh, sorry, I can't make it, or I've got something else that comes up. Um, and my sister's probably the, probably the worst. She, I'm sure my sister won't listen to this podcast. Hi, Michelle. Uh, but she, um, she's the worst for this. At, at Christmas, we'll generally say, Oh, you come, we'll invite around for Christmas for Boxing Day or we usually do something at our house and um, we won't get a response from my sister probably until December the 1st okay so we normally try and book it quite you know quite plan it in advance so we know what we're doing yeah but it's the difference between maybe maybe I decide these things too early but my sister decides the, in my opinion my sister decides these things too late well what I'd say I'm a bit of a mixture, so quite often I'm, I'm a, what you might call a, a procrastinator. Yeah. In that, if I've got something in my inbox, I'd like to get rid of it. If I've got a task that's, that's got my name against it, I want to get it done. Do you? There and then. I'd re- even if it's not quite as good as it could be, I'd rather get it done than have it hanging over me and get it done brilliantly later on. Um, so, early, early on, when we knew we were having a baby, we got quite a lot of stuff. 
So mm. we almost had like an initial surge. Yeah. Like, bang, 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 bang. Let's get these. And then it was okay. So we're kind of covered now. We yeah, got yeah. Some Take of the fundamentals. Uh, and then we got the rest of the side, and then we just let the let the rest go. Yeah, pre-crastinating. Has, has that ever stung you? Deciding something too early. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do. I make decisions, but I know that, um, and I'm kind of. I've made that trade-off. I'm kind of happy with that. I, I, yeah, I kick myself now and again. Yeah, Jeff, you've done it too early again. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I ordered far too many copies of my book because I wanted to make a decision rather than test the market out. And yeah, I've still yeah. got loads of copies in my loft. <laughs> hey ho! Um, Cheap insulation, Jeff. If uh, well, yeah. If we run out of uh, <laughs> electricity, then we'll just throw them on the fire. <laughs> the um, yeah, the, uh, that coming back to your your party thing. I think you. Twisting this to an agile theme, you could say that those people that haven't responded are being incredibly agile because they're keeping their options open. They're they're not committing until the last responsible moment. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that has an impact on you. Mm-hmm. But what if they say yes and then a better offer comes along? Well, obviously, that would never happen. There's there's no better offer than, than coming to my house for my birthday. But um, but yeah, but then. From a selfish point of view, yes, you could see why people might do that. But that has well, from a purely ha- rational and economical point of view. But that has an impact on me, yeah. as the host. Mm-hmm. You're letting the host down. I'd rather know now than know later. So, would you rather them say yes at the moment, but my plans might change, <laughs> or not reply at all? That's a good question. Would I rather be? Safe in the knowledge that they that, that they might want to come, rather than they might they are looking for a better option. I don't know. Difficult. I don't know. But Parkinson's law, or this idea of yeah. So I, I'm not sure of the dictionary definition, but the idea of, the, <laughs> amount of, the amount of time required to do something expands to fill the amount of time available. So that that leads me to ask you. How much time did you make available? Did you put a date on when you expected and needed and asked for a reply? No. <coughs> then they haven't done anything wrong? No, they haven't done anything wrong. But Why so, didn't you say, I need a reply by a date? Because I didn't need a reply. It sounds like you did. No, but... but in my mind, I do. But, but <laughs> you just... So we said, say we said this in fact, our first week of January, 5th of January, and my birthday is 10th of March. That's like... Two months, sixty days, uh-huh. um, whatever it might be, and I don't know. It's, it's, but my, if, if someone sent, I suppose maybe I'll just program differently now. But if someone sends, asks me a question or sends me a message, I feel a duty to respond. But it, it's maybe it's different. A mess, a text message or an email is that different to? Because like, traditionally it would be RSVP via post. Mm-hmm. So, like for a wedding or for some kind of major event, you normally get, you normally, I think you still do, you always get something through the post. Yeah. With RSVP. Um, but again, people generally, most of those replies are weddings and big parties. And, they have a date on, don't they? But they, yeah, but yeah, but if you, even if you give people a date, people will still generally respond on or around that date. So I could have said, let me know in the next two weeks. Yeah. I guarantee most people would have replied on day 13 of 14. Yeah. I would, yeah. Well, most people, 
I mean, what kind of proportions are we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the stats on this, Jeff. Well, we gave some stats to uh, our advanced certified Scrum Master delegates recently. Right. Because those people uh, have a have a have a duty to complete some post course work, and there's a time box associated with it. Yeah. And I think that so I, I did a little bit of research, and these aren't to the second decimal place or anything, but roughly in a group the size of twelve, half of them, so about six of them, just in case you don't know what half of twelve is, <laughs> will will do their post course work pretty pretty promptly. So within a week or two, right. they'll they'll get it done. Uh, maybe not first time, it's a couple of times, but they'll they'll get onto it. The other half will delay it. And once you've start, once you're in that mode of delaying it, you kind of almost unconsciously deprioritized it for yourself. Mm. And so then, then it seems to be that they can't then break that delay process. And four of those six will get it done, but quite late, almost yeah. almost the last minute. Yeah. And in some cases, literally, we have one person reply. On the last minute, 20, <laughs> 23 59. Um, and two of them won't, just won't complete it because they've almost they've left it too late, they think. They give up, or, or they, they think, oh, I can't, yeah. I've missed the deadline. Yeah. But so, and again, so that reminds me, coursework is, is for me the same as I remember when you were a kid at school. You'd have a lovely, and you couldn't wait because you had a lovely six-week school holiday, right? Yeah. Over July, mm. end of July, August. But ordinarily, when I got to a certain age, I'd be given homework. Yeah. Over that summer, and you kind of think nobody—no, I say nobody—I would never. I was never the type of kid that would, on, on day one of the holiday, yeah. you know what, Jeff? I'm going to do my homework. Yeah. I'm going to do my homework now, so I don't have to do it. I can enjoy the rest of the summer, not having to worry about homework. Yeah, I was always the kid that said, "Nah, I'll do that. I'll have a bit of a break now, and I'll come back to it." Mm-hmm. And now I don't. I don't think uh, there was probably a point during that six weeks where I did. I probably did forget about it momentarily. Yep. Mm-hmm. I forgot that I had homework, and maybe this goes. Maybe students even these days now with coursework do the same thing. I don't know, but a period of that, of that time I forgot about it and then all of a sudden it's back on my radar but I'm probably still putting it off thinking well it'll probably just take me a week so I'll do it then mm-hmm. and I say well, if it's a week I could probably do it in, in four days yeah. so I'll do it then and I just generally would I would always push it to the absolute limit and probably mm-hmm. not do it justice and take it back to school with me on the Monday and it probably it would probably suffice yeah. but I could have done it better and I was at the other extreme so you I'd so get it out of the way so on day one of the holidays, you do your homework. Well, so I remember when I was doing my coach training. Yeah. So as well as the, so it was over a number of months this coach training. But we always knew that once you'd done the practical, there was already there was uh, as well as that three essays that needed to be written. Yeah. And you know what the three titans were of the essays. Now I had finished those essays before the course had completed. Right. Most people would start them after the course completed and it probably about I think Kim once told me the, the statistics on it but about half of the people never got around to doing it um, 
and so they, they just sort of self-selected out. But yeah, I, I would have finished the post-course work before the post-course period had started. <laughs> and, and then I knew that I was done. Yeah. But part of that, so when I, was, when I was a kid, yeah, the summer holiday homework, I would have got done as quickly as possible. At the start, so it would probably be of the same quality as your rushed homework. Mm. But I would make sure that I would know then for the whole of the holiday. I wouldn't have to think about it. Yeah. It's a little bit of Mark Twain's. You know, if you got, if you have to eat a frog, mm. eat it first thing in the morning because then yeah. the, your day can only get better. Yeah. Um, that kind of that that for me was I, I just prefer not having things hanging over me. Yeah. Because it kind of just just eats away at me. I know I should be doing this. I know I should be doing this. And and I had that guilt every every time that I went out to play with my mates or mm. whatever. That you have to come back and do it. Funny, isn't it? Or why do it differently? So how does that does this? So we've talked about Parkinson's law a lot. How does this play out in terms of sprints and and for teams? And <coughs> well, you again, see it in teams. Yeah, yeah, and teams that the more successful teams tend to eat their frogs early in the sprint so they'll tackle the risky things they'll tackle the, the, the dirty work the stuff they don't really want to do they'll get that out of the way quickly but what if, what if all that team's like me that they don't want to do that well uh, with, with all due respect if the whole team was like you they wouldn't be very successful <laughs> because they wouldn't be diverse enough if the whole team was so like you want, me you want a mixture of, of procrastinators and a mixture of precrastinators I think so because that, and I think that's one of the reasons why we work well is that you know I kick things off a lot of the time, yeah. Um, and you say that's good, but it needs to get better. Yeah. And then, so you'll 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 sit on it for a while, and <laughs> mull it over, yeah. and then come back right at the last minute, and have to make a <laughs> last minute change, um, and take all the credit. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think teams do that, and but one of the beauties of a kind of scrum-like approach with sprints is that just like any other behaviour we can see that and the consequences of it quite quickly. Mm. So if, if we leave everything to the end of a two-week sprint, all right, that was a painful two-week sprint. Mm. But it's a lot better than leaving everything to the end of a three-year project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have the next two-week sprint. Well, could we do something that would ease the pain? Mm. I used to draw a little graph for people when I was starting to talk to them years and years and years ago. We were talking about stress levels. Yeah and how the stress levels on a typical waterfall project are really, really low to start with because they've got so little time pressure. So yeah. there's no sight of the deadline. You can't even see when it's going to... And you always know it's always going to drag on and, and be uh, lengthened. Whereas in a sprint, you've got to get something done in, at that time, 30 days. Yeah. So you had that... Jesus, 30 days, 30 days. We can't do something in 30 days. Pressure, 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 pressure. Very functionally specialised individuals who could only do their bit and so it only really came together at the end yeah. crazy chaos and so the, the, the stress levels in a sprint were significantly higher than the early days of a waterfall project mm-hmm. but even then those stress levels at the end of a sprint were never as high as the stress levels at the end of a waterfall project mm. and you could normalise them pretty quickly through just yeah. repeatability so again it makes me think about burn down charts a lot so from looking at lots of different burn down charts over the years the general trend general trend but a trend i used to see was that kind of the ideal was if you assume the ideal line is, is straight on a, on a burn down start to finish there tended to be in my experience a bit of a, a more of a bow a banana kind of curve yeah so kind of not well, great, not, bananas can go both ways not, so. not great 
pod, uh, podcast material me, me I'm drawing on the on the table with my fingers at this point ladies and gentlemen but um so generally teams in my experience slacked off at the beginning of the sprint so there would be they would tend to drift off target okay more work outstanding than we would ideally like and then tend to pick up the pace as the sprint would complete right which for me tends to again reiterate re-echo that fact that we tend to leave things or, or up the intensity generally towards the end of a sprint anyway so I, I interpret that differently okay uh, so and I guess it depends how those burn down charts were used so I would if again I'll try and explain this for our people who can't see what we're, what we're sketching out but if you've got a, a, a but maybe we'll put some images on the yeah, yeah, but the um, so days one two three four the amount of work remaining in the sprint is higher than the ideal. Ideal, yes. Yeah. And then it, and then it eventually narrows down to, to meeting at the end. So one way of looking at that is we're slacking off at the start of the sprint. The other way of looking at it is they're tackling the hardest stuff. Yes. So they're not making as much tangible progress. There's still as much... So there remaining. could be work emerging that they haven't yes. planned. Or... They're tackling the the unknowns, the risks, right? All the, the just the ugh, ugh, I knew this was a can of worms. That kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and so you, you got it, it. Depends on the work, and depends on the team, and, and it depends on how the charts used. But that's. I would always be worried when teams were well ahead of the curve in the first few days, right? Because that usually implied to me that they were taking the easy bits. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. It's interesting, and again, I think a good scrum master is probably trying to uh, interpret, study, and you know, see trends in that kind of. Or ask the team, what is this telling us about our behaviours? How do we perform throughout mm. that sprint period? But and what's interesting as well is, uh, I remember in the early days at BT, teams would come back to say, "Oh, we need lo- we need longer sprints. You yeah, know, we haven't got time. We need longer sprints." But then you see the same behaviours, same trends forming. If you went to a three-week sprint, mm-hmm. we're doing this. You're making the same mistakes, just spread it but you're just spreading it over a longer period of time. And that again, that's Parkinson's law, isn't it? This idea, of the time box will just match or mimic yeah. your behaviour. Well, I'll tell you another th- interesting thing, and actually, this is related to a question that we had sent in. Yeah. So um, we had a question from one of our super listeners. I think I'm going to call long him term, a, long term a super list. listener. He's been with us from the start, Richard yeah. Birch. Yeah. And. Um, he said, what do you think about teams accepting accepting work late on in the sprint? Yeah. And he said in the context of building relationships, so in terms of you know, building some goodwill with people, yeah, we'll do that. I know we're not supposed to, but... Doing favours and, yeah, We'll take it on. Right, okay. So I'm going to sort of address that indirectly. And so the teams that I saw that... We're tackling the dirty, hard, tricky, risky stuffs early. Yeah. Gave themselves more chance to do that. Yes. Because the stress levels at the end of the sprint were significantly lower. They found they were in a position to, to be more flexible. Whereas the teams that left that to the end of the sprint were under so much pressure, so much stress, they couldn't even contemplate having a conversation, let alone take on anything else as a favour. Yeah. Um, and... So that, that that's that linking the two. What do you I think, think about um, I, I, yeah, Rich Birch's question in general? I think I also think that 
I also think it depends a lot on the cross functionality of that team, right? True. So, and it depends on how how waterfall or how sequential tasks are. Mm -hmm. So, at the end of the sprint, let's say in a scrum of all type team, yeah, you could ask a developer and say, yeah, yeah, we can probably do that. Yeah, we can. Yeah, it's not a small change. We can do that. We can probably take that. I mean, me and Jeff will work on that. Whatever it might be, right? So. But that might be to the detriment. You might not be able to get it finished. You might not be able to get it tested or, or delivered, deployed, whatever it might be. So I think there's a danger in an immature team that are perhaps still following a waterfall mentality. So we can't test that yet because we haven't developed it yet. That yeah. kind of thing. So, um, so you end up with undone stuff. You end up with, with a lot of partially complete work. Yeah. Which seems like you've, you know, you've, you've gone the extra mile and part of the team might have completed it, but it's not actually done. done. done, done. Um, I was going to mention something else there, but that's now disappeared. Okay. Well, what, what do you think about that? How would you think uh, about the hypothetical scenario whereby, um, let's just say my wife mm -hmm. invited you and your wife yeah. to, uh, to her birthday party. Right. And hypothetically, you were very slow to respond to the invite. Yeah. How would how would that <laughs> resonate with you? I think I was quite slow, wasn't I? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. That would be terrible. I can't. I can't <laughs> imagine I'd ever do that. How would you rationalise that? I don't think I could. So I asked the question because um, there is an interesting study I can't remember it was a long time ago I heard about this study so I'm probably only remembering snippets of it but it was um, done in Texas in the States mm. and it was done with drivers mm. and they asked a bunch of drivers if someone cuts you up on the highway mm. not the motorway the highway what do you think about that person do you think that person is a jerk mm. do you think that person is late for something and in a rush mm. Do you think that person is um, didn't even see you? Mm. And there, I think there may be a couple of other, other options. Uh, overwhelmingly, those people said, "Well, they're a jerk." Mm. And those same people were then asked, "Have you ever cut anybody up?" Mm. So yeah. Well, what? Why did you cut them up? Was it because you're a jerk? Mm. Was it because you were late? Mm. Or was it because you didn't see them? Mm. And then very few of them put because I'm a jerk. <laughs> and and that idea of you know, are you are you walking the talk? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. That's yeah, I, I'm pro yeah, I probably am. Yeah, guilty of that in in certain instances in, in the past. Yeah, I think I probably am. But but this is the thing. If if I probably knew, maybe this is a way that I can try and rationalise how people process this. I knew that I did. I, I didn't forget about that deadline or that yeah. date. But I just I, did, I yeah I just didn't prioritise that that work. Mm. And so there's a chance that your friends know. Yeah, and if, and if I had a conversation with them, they'd probably say, yeah, we'll be there. Mm. I mean, knowing that, does that reduce your stress levels at all? Mm. It does. Mm. I'm sure I told Ali that I was going to go. Maybe. <laughs> In this hypothetical scenario, yeah, people. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. We, we had a conversation a long time ago about <coughs> what's, what makes a good team member. You'd probably be able to tell me which podcast number it was and things like that. But uh, my, my two... In fact, I can remember where we were. 
It was in Cheltenham again. Was We're it? in Cheltenham, by the way, people. We're at the <laughs> brew house and kitchen. Who else said where we are? No, we didn't. It was at um, Wild Beer Company. I remember sitting upstairs there as well, as we're upstairs here. Okay. Uh, and we were talking about this, and I said, well, I've got two general rules of thumb with regards to being a good team member. One is assume positive intent, and the second is don't be a jerk. Yeah. I didn't use that word. Yeah. Um, and I think the idea of assuming positive intent, I think, is a, is a big thing. Yeah, because yeah. it's very easy to assume that other people are acting malevolently. Um, and especially when you don't see them. So the fact that you've emailed these people yeah. and haven't seen them, yeah. it's very easy to assume that they're being jerks. Mm. Whereas actually if you assume that you know, they're, they're, they're probably doing the best they can, they're probably yeah, acting yeah. positively, can help you just deal with that a little bit more. Mm. But I do, yeah, that, that, that's true, that said. And I think oh, I also need to get better at realising that some people just like to decide things late, later rather than earlier. Mm. It's on my radar. I'm aware of it. I'm just, you know, I just. I don't personally. I don't think there's anything wrong with no, you I saying I would like a reply by this date. No. And I think they would probably honour that. Most people would. And, and that. So when we talk about procrastination, or when I talk about procrastination, one of the one of the easiest tactics that people can put into place to help them with their procrastination is creating artificial deadlines. So they create arbitrary deadlines for themselves. themselves and so if Parkinson's law is going to take hold mm. then it's only going to take hold for that arbitrary deadline and there are things that you can do to make those arbitrary deadlines more powerful mm-hmm. you can share them with other people you can commit to them um, verbally mm. uh, written um, you can ask people to check in with you all these mm. kinds of things um, and that, that that's it that's a common thing so if these people are going to leave it to the last responsible moment of your request RSVP by this date mm then you're winning, they're winning, mm. maybe. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. So what do you do with these podcasts then? So in terms of getting them so today, will you edit this today or will no. you leave it until the last just before you're right. going to publish it? So this is a difference between me and, even with me and Jeff now. I'll give you an example of this and this is a nice one to finish on really. So a couple of couple of podcasts ago yep. you edited I did and Jeff edited I think the morning after the evening before so so we recorded on the evening and you had edited by nine o'clock the next morning yeah I will edit this podcast probably the day it goes out because <laughs> I know I so I know how long it takes me yeah and I know that for me there's no risk in doing it that late. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. But equally, there's no risk in you doing it tomorrow because the content's not going to change. No, but for me, I would. It, I, I, the, the conversation would be fresher in my mind, so I'd, I'd know where... Yeah, and that is the benefit. So sometimes we'll have a conversation. What on earth did we talk about? Yeah. And I will have to... It would probably save you time because what I will have to do, if, if say if this one goes on in two weeks, whatever it will be, I will have to listen back through this 35 minutes. Yeah. And... Um, and refresh right down what we talked about. Yeah. So you might not have to do that, mm-hmm. but equally, you still have to go through it to edit it anyway. Well, there's a risk that I, I I I would edit this today, and it doesn't go out. So that's potentially wasted. It's potential wasted effort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in terms of potentially deployable increment, 
getting something done would yeah. involve the editing. Yeah. So uh, that, to me, that would just be hanging over me. Yeah, Whereas yeah. I can schedule this, and I would. So I do that with my YouTube videos. Mm. I'll, I'll record them and edit them, mm. and then I'll schedule them. Mm. So I don't have to do anything then, it's ready to go. It will automatically go live on a certain day. So there's no way of follow-up work at all? It's in my done column. It's not yeah. in my ready-to-publish column, it's yeah. done. Uh, and that, that just means a lot to me. But yeah. So the, the basically, the uh, upshot of all this this 35-minute podcast is that Jeff's more agile than I am. So <laughs> there we are. No, so it's, um, it's good. It's a good, good conversation, interesting topic. And it's one of those things that I, I kind of fight with all the time, mm. as, you, as we've pointed out, is that it's much of a, in some cases, I'm probably more as much of the problem as, as other people. Well, there's a, another phrase that I really, really like with regards to this. And it's not just regards to this, but it's, it's, it's applicable in this situation, which is going back to your unconscious thoughts about your friends. That mm. they, might be, 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 they might be being jerks, <clears throat> but they might be, you, know, think, you could think positively of them. Now, we don't know which one of those thoughts is true. Mm. And perhaps there's no way of knowing. Mm. But there is a way of knowing which one of those thoughts is more helpful to you. Mm. And you have a choice as to which of those thoughts you go with. Mm. And if one of them is more helpful than another, why not pick the more helpful one? Mm. If both are unknowingly true or not, mm. we don't know. That's, that's one thing I like. It may be true, don't know, mm. but is it helpful? Mm. Anyway, on that note, the bar's empty. <laughs> My glass is empty. Yeah, we don't, I think. That's good stuff, So, mate. cheers, everyone, and to a successful 2019. Yeah, see you soon. ta -da.